You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 187, Hate Breed. Hosted by Dan Terry. Please don't, you know, go to sleep. If you go to sleep, I'm going to have to, like, waterboard you. I don't want to waterboard you. You don't want me to waterboard you, but I will do it. And that's the line that opens the show. Jeff Kane. Ah! <laughs> I don't know if I need new headphones or new ears or both. Woo! Ears. <laughs> and Joseph Wren. He should throw Hang that. Hang on, I'm trying to make it funny because you said it and I need to tie it in. Okay. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if everything you know about life you learned while watching Headbangers Ball, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. I have a cup of coffee, a can of beer a bottle of another beer, and we're talking about hate breed. Fucking hate breed. About time. I thought we were talking about uh, Ricky Rackman or some shit like that. We're never going to talk about Ricky Rackman, you fuck. Never. Oh, We are going to talk about hate breed tonight. Albeit probably kind of briefly, because what is there really to talk about? (laughs) Do you like the sound of hate breed records? I do. Yeah. Do you like the fact that every time you listen to Hatebreed, you can click shuffle and effectively get the same experience? Yes. Yeah, I love that about him. <laughs> are you saying, Jeff, of discography discussion fame, that you are okay with a band being shuffled? Yeah, because I don't particularly care about them. Some bands can be shuffled. Yeah, this is most definitely one that could be shuffled. August Burns Red, anybody? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very hard to tell when it starts and when it ends, you know, if you played their albums back to back, which we do. Hey, we can't shit on Hatebreed too much. They're consistent. Yeah, they're (laughs) to a fault in some cases. Yes, (laughs) they definitely have consistency in spades. There's no question about that. They're the easiest metal band to make fun of because it's Hatebreed. Every song sounds the same. The guitars are heavy. The drums are groovy. He's yelling at the microphone. Doesn't that describe most bands that you listen to, especially in this style? Could be. I mean, well, we'll get into it. Uh, there's not, there's... Dan's trying to find a way out of this. I'm really, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. Like, I, I have no issues with hate breed, like, from a musical or lyrical standpoint. Uh, so a lot of my normal complaints are just not there. Uh, but, you know, I think that's okay, right? I mean... One positive thing I will say is they have the song called Destroy Everything, and my favorite part is whenever he says destroy everything. <laughs> so like that's that that's that's kind of what we're dealing with here with Hate Breed. It's not that they're bad. They are extremely good at what they do, and that's all they do. Yeah, this is when you discover that Dan really is like he's a hardcore dude bro who just gets pumped as fuck when he listens to Hate Breed. I get super, super pumped whenever I listen to Hate Breed. That's not even like that's not even up for debate. I mean, that's pretty much just where it is. I mean, I don't know, man. I could see you like straight just, to your face. Yeah, like breaking people in half in the pit if you were at a hate breed show. Dan doesn't get in the pit. He stands in the back of the show or the front of the show. There is no middle. I think in a hate breed show, he would just fucking go berserk. Would I have a choice? I mean, probably not, right? He probably wouldn't, but I just think if you were thrown into that situation, that you would <laughs> you would make everybody else around you just scared shitless. It's entirely possible. I don't know. We'll see. I might destroy everything. I might take it straight to your face, but like, I don't know, man. I like... I think Hatebreed is a very interesting band, 
as far as their history and their place in hardcore and how they're one of the few hardcore bands that is still widely considered to be a metal band and I think part of that is is the fact that they do kind of go into old school thrash territory here and there. They do throw guitar solos in there. Uh, so I think I think they're a band that is definitely definitely underrated and overrated at the same time. <laughs> Good episode, guys. Yep. Game over. <laughs> bye bye. Can uh, we get away with that? Can we get no, away with no. putting out a five minute episode? <laughs> <laughs> Well, before Jeff asks Five Finger Death Punch how you can be under and over it all at the same time, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do love our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. They make me feel good. They make Jeff feel good. And uh, they're they're just it's just good times all around. So uh, if your podcast app or w- website or whatever it is that you're using to listen to us talk, uh, if it allows you to leave us a review, leave us a review. We'll read it on the show. It'll be a good time. Another good thing you guys can do for us, uh, just, you know, I'm sorry it feels like I'm giving you guys work, but please share the episodes. Uh, we, we really love it when you guys share the episodes. So thank you so much for doing that. All of you who do do that. Did I just say doo-doo on a podcast? That's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. It's fine. It's fine, baby. So, Dan, tell me about Hatebreed. Hatebreed is an American hardcore band. Yeah, I know. On all of their bios, it says metalcore band, but I don't hear that. Okay, I do hear that, but we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, they're a hardcore band from Connecticut, and they formed in 1994. So, like, they, these dudes have been around the block, like, for sure. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're a hardcore band, or as I like to call them, a beatdown hardcore band. And I don't know if that's actually a genre or not, and if it is, then I'm probably describing it wrong. But uh, this is just my interpretation of beatdown hardcore. Um, there's no messing around with a band like Hatebreed, okay? It's gonna be, it's gonna be fast. It's gonna be straight to your face. It is just gonna be, it's, it, it's basically heavy, 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 heavy punk rock with a dude that screams over it. And I think that's one of the things actually that keeps me from wanting to call them a metalcore band is the vocals are so firmly rooted in hardcore. Uh, Jamie, their singer, is not, he's not, he's not a growler. And he's not really a screamer either. Um, he's more of just a guy that yells. He's a constipator. I don't <laughs> n- shut the fuck up, Jeff. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he he doesn't uh, he doesn't vocalize like a lot of metal vocalists do, and that's totally fine because that that's a staple of hardcore punk. This is what hardcore used to be. Hardcore didn't used to be metalcore, you know. And I think that's that that's the biggest distinction that we have to make. This is this is. One of the modern examples of how we got from punk to hardcore to metalcore, you know, um, and they're not exactly a bridge band because they do have a lot of like, they, they, they have a lot of elements from newer styles of music, but that hardcore punk influence still reigns supreme throughout. And I like it. This is this is some of my favorite kinds of hardcore. And so the vocals don't bother me as much as it seems to bother everybody else because it's just par for the course. Um, I definitely don't think he's the best hardcore vocalist I've ever heard, 
but because I'm such a lyric guy, I appreciate that I can understand everything he's saying just by listening to the records. And he's still screaming hard. This isn't like a, oh, they're softer because he's not, he's not, you know, growling like Carcass, uh, which is what I say about other bands that I like less than Hatebreed. Um, but like, I, you know, I, I think that his his vocals are unique for Hatebreed, and it's unique in the fact that I can actually understand what he's saying. It's easy to make fun of Hatebreed because they're the band that always comes up when people talk about hardcore and metalcore and all these other styles that they don't really listen to or really understand. But Hatebreed, especially at the beginning, is more of a punk band that's just turned up to 11. They're playing metal, but they're playing that punk rock style of metal where it's just about the riff and the intensity and the energy of the song. I also think it's it's worth mentioning that Jamie Josta was a host of Headbangers Ball, which was a very popular show back in the day. And if there was ever a show that needed to come back, it would be Headbangers Ball. The point I'm trying to make is when you hear that voice every single night and you hear that voice when you turn on the radio, it's really easy to make fun of the fact that he just sounds like he's barking at the microphone incoherently. In contrast, Hatebreed, it's very clear what he's saying. Other bands, not so clear. And that is a perk of this band. Even when I'm done listening to Hatebreed, I don't hate the fact that I was listening to Hatebreed because it was incoherent babbling. Yeah, I actually, the earlier Hatebreed, I enjoy a fair amount, actually, despite what I'm mockingly say at times it is closer to the punk groups part of the hardcore that i think makes me like it because i'm a pretty big punk fan or at least i used to be back in the day so this is the more extreme version of what i used to listen to a lot as a teenager so this is kind of you know well shit this album came out my senior year so yeah I, I, i dig this shit this is good stuff 1997 satisfaction is the death of desire yeah man this is a great fucking album man i mean back then it was this is what you needed you needed a kick in the teeth and and, uh hate breed does that a lot i mean they don't they kick your teeth down your throat and they don't stop kicking until you don't have a head anymore henry rollins (laughs) (laughs) i think this is pretty much the point in time where mankind uh discovered fire uh this record is fucking incredible And it's not incredible because it's like super original or that it sounds like other hardcore bands out there or that it doesn't sound like other hardcore bands out there. But just with the the absolute ferocity on display with these songs is, I feel like, unmatched by a lot of bands now. Like you could take a modern band that's playing this style and they might even have a vocalist that screams harder. They might have louder riffs. They might have whatever, but like... They're never going to match the intensity of this album. And I just love it. I I love Jamie's vocal delivery on this one, too. It's even a little bit... He's a little bit less screamy and a little bit more just, like, straight up. Um, And I love it. And it's funny because I'm the kind of person that generally is like, oh, I don't really like tough guy music or whatever. And I think this is where the rub is with Hatebreed for me is that they sound cosmetically like tough guy dude bro music. But if you actually listen to what he's saying, you will find that the shit's actually pretty fucking deep. You know, he makes a lot of real, like, I mean, he still sounds like a young person. So you have like, you have all of the like anti-religion shit in there. You've got like all of the anti-society 
shit, but like there's also a lot of really good stuff about like friendship and interpersonal relationships and how we're kind of all in this together. And like you might consider this kind of shit like hardcore tropes, but considering the fact that before bands like Hatebreed, there were not a lot of like bands that were kind of more positive. And I definitely get a positive vibe off of this album. And even though he's talking about a lot of like really hard to talk about shit, but I don't know, like he, he is very intelligent. These are not songs about beating people's asses or, or, or about like, I don't, I don't know, like whatever it is that the tough guy bands sing about, you know, like how big their dicks are or something. But like Hatebreed is absolutely what I needed on this record. Like Satisfaction is the Death of Desire is absolutely like, it's a hardcore classic. I can't say anything bad about it without getting beaten up, so I'm not going to. No, it's- <laughs> Because it's, I don't think anything bad about it. It's the, what, what you would call, I guess, what? The thinking man's hardcore? Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. And the, it's not even that, it's not even that Hatebreed is the thinking man's hardcore or that it's like the torchbearer for that. It's just a confirmation that, hey, maybe hardcore isn't just people being fucking tough or people trying to be violent or, or, or whatever. Because Hatebreed was so successful compared to their peers, I think it may make them seem like they're the torchbearers. They aren't necessarily that, but it is like th this is the first kind of more widely acceptable or widely heard hardcore albums. And you can listen to it and be like, okay, so the music's loud and heavy, but this is actually like a real person with real feelings and, and is, is, is actually being upfront and transparent. Yeah, there's substance to it. Exactly. The, the, what makes it so good is because there is that substance and the fact that it just oozes adrenaline the entire time. I mean, it, if this doesn't get you pumped up, it's probably because you're six feet under. Yep. Seriously, I mean, you're either you're either actually dead or you listen to bands like <laughs> Six Feet Under. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you caught where I was going with that. I fucking love this album, and I was not expecting that uh, back then. And the fact that I still like it today and that it still sounds relevant, I think that's that's the big thing. Is I'm impressed at how good it still sounds today. At least to me, it sounds good today. And I don't think that's just me being, uh, you know, reminiscing of yesteryear i still think legitimately if this came out in 2020 that it would still sound fucking good if this was the first time you ever heard them let's be real it would probably sound a little sound a little bit better than this but yeah that's fine but you know what i'm getting at for what it is it's actually very well produced yes it is i don't know we should ask the producer over here what he thinks about the production value sounds like a punk rock record from 1997 with metal guitars and thin drums it doesn't sound bad it sounds like a first release and i really really like it i'm actually surprised it doesn't sound more like new metal considering some of the bands that were releasing records at that time i think back then if you were in a hardcore band it like wouldn't have been cool to do <laughs> you know uh something new metal not in 97 i wouldn't think so if this record is oozing adrenaline and this is beat down and it gets you pumped up why does Pantera fail to do the same thing? Because it's groove metal. I mean, this has a little bit of groove. I mean, it does. But maybe not this album specifically, but later Hatebreed albums. Um, no, I mean, I think 
Okay, if we're going to bring the fucking... If we're going to rip the Pantera scab off. Um, I think that, like, Pantera doesn't do it for me because I feel like... And this is all 100% lyrical. I feel like Jamie is coming from a very real and honest place. And I think Phil only sometimes does that. I think sometimes in a Pantera song, Phil's being very, very, very upfront and very honest. But I think sometimes it gets drowned out by a lot of the bravado and the look at how tough I am. And you would think that it would be different. You'd think it would be the opposite. But Jamie's actually super upfront and super in your face. But not necessarily in a tough guy way. And I don't feel like threatened by listening to the band, if that makes sense. And I don't know. It, this could this could all be in my head, but I just I, I don't know. Like for me, this music this music hits a lot harder for me. Uh, it's more energetic, and it's not as show offy as something like Pantera is. He's upfront and in your face because he's trying to get his point across. Yes, and it's not to say that Phil hasn't done that, but he doesn't do it all the time, you know. <laughs> so I, I, you know, whatever. It's a it, it's a comparison, and it's it's a kind of a contradiction. But uh, it's just how I feel. If I had to pick between Pantera and Hatebreed, it'd be Hatebreed every time. It's the hardcore kid in me coming out. <laughs> Two thousand and two, perseverance. It took five years, but the band persevered. They persevered, man. They they played everywhere, <laughs> with everyone at all times to get to this stop. Yeah, to get to this point, you know, like this record is again, man. It's a fucking barn burner. Like it, it's one of those. Does lightning strike twice? Yeah, it does sometimes. And this is uh, this is hate breed with a better budget, you know. And um, but I mean, I think it's still really, 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 really good. Um, this record follows very much in the footsteps of the previous record and get ready because I'm going to say that a lot tonight. Uh, but I definitely I love this one because I love the last one. I love both of them. I can't separate the two from each other. The first record has that freshman sound, that first record that we paid somebody to hook up instruments and put microphones out and mix it and that was our record and it sounded really good in 1997 2002 we've had some time to not only play those songs and play them to death but we've written more songs that have the same attitude the same intensity so let's spend a little money on it. Let's get a little bit better production. Not the best production, not the best production for this style. But in 2002, this could have sounded totally different. And it sounds like a heavy, intense, hardcore punk record. It's got some Melvin's characteristics with the guitar tones, even though Melvin's are more towards the punk side and the grunge side where this is more metal in 2002 it sounds like your typical mids sweeped out metal tone it is and i think that's where people get the metalcore from because the music is undeniably hardcore you know and it, it's 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 more hardcore than it is metal but you start seeing on this record and the next that they are going to start incorporating more metal tones some metal riffing and then before you know it they're even going to start throwing solos in and so you're getting a little bit of that metal stuff and i think that's where people get the metal core but it's just not metal core as people know it today you know it was it was metal core in the purest sense of yeah we're mixing hardcore with metal stuff yeah for me it's still like what you had said before it's about jamie's vocals so i always i'm 
going to lean towards the hardcore side of things when it comes to Hatebreed just because of his vocal stylings and delivery. Speaking of, this is one of the few times that I actually made a point to break up the discography as I listened to it instead of going from beginning to end and just uh, soldiering through. I like Hatebreed too much to do that to myself, if that makes any sense. Sure. Because uh, they do have so much you know similarities uh you know there there's one thing you can say about hate breed like we said is you know they're consistent but when you're a uh trying to do a podcast of you know critical dissection of their music you're doing yourself a disservice if you uh decide to throw that gauntlet down and just power through it because it's gonna really jade your opinion that's one of the things i've learned that i've start i'm starting to do especially after we listen to blind guardian and iced earth i think those two really did it to me yeah i gotta we gotta break it up because hate breed is a band that's fantastic in doses uh you know, which essentially is an album at a time. If you start going more than an album at a time, at least for me with Hatebreed, it just defeats the purpose of, of what they're trying to present you. Right, because at the core, it's a hardcore punk band. You don't want to listen to that one band for the rest of the day. You need one record because that's the set list, right? 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then you want the next band to come up and play. You want the music to have the same energy and the same feel, but listening to 100 versions of the same song can be trying. Oh, it is. And I, I knew that going into this episode, so I made sure that I did not do that this time because I'm hoping that... Uh, it, it And it definitely has. It, it changed my perspective on it because, uh, especially with Iced Earth, I love that band. And I just completely shit over him because I listened from start to finish and realized that's probably not the way to go. And I, it was very refreshing. Uh, I really have enjoyed uh, Hatebreed. Uh, and I will say this, if your ass has a hard time getting out of bed, put their shit on as your alarm clock and your ass is up and ready to fucking go. Yeah, and, dude. And I, no, I, I shit you not because I did do that this week because uh, my wife gets up for work before I do. So she's gone. So whenever it kicks on and starts playing, playing i just fucking let it go and i just get ready in the morning and i get to work and i am way too amped and they want to know how many cups of coffee i've had and i'm like zero because <laughs> i don't fucking need it so how does this work then at 4 30 in the morning now is the time <laughs> <laughs> no it's a, it's about uh 6 45 is when i get up oh, you're a late waker then oh, you get up yeah. way later than i do man i'd punch somebody in the face in order to get up at 6 45 <laughs> i don't have little kids man and you so. might do that if you're listening to hate breed at 6 45 yeah. in the morning exactly but. Uh, so I agree with you guys mostly on this as far as how to listen to Hatebreed, but for me, hate what Hatebreed is is it's the first four albums and then everything else. Uh, I can I can absolutely listen to the first four albums, and you're right, it just it sounds like I'm just listening to one giant record. But goddamn, is it not like is it not what is this not the ultimate realization of what you what you want as a music fan whenever you hear something? So like let's say you hear a, a song by a band on the radio or on YouTube or something, and you, you like the song. And the reason that you're listening to that band beyond that one song is in the hopes that their other songs will give you the same feeling or the same vibe. You don't have to worry about that with Hatebreed because the first four albums are gonna give you absolutely that same vibe. And it's awesome. The music critic in me has a huge fucking bone to pick with that. 
But at the same time, when you're talking about metal bands, I feel like there are different expectations in place for metal bands than there are for hardcore bands. Uh, a hardcore band is there to be hardcore. Uh, Hatebreed definitely checks that box to infinity. Uh, but a metal band is kind of considered to, or is at least expected to be a little bit more on the technical side. And, you know, the whole idea about metal is that, you know, oh, only really talented people can play it. Whereas with hardcore and punk, it's like, the appeal is that anybody can play it. As long as you have passion about something, uh, you can play it. It doesn't have to be the most complicated thing in the world. So I think that, I think that's where, because I think people are going to say I'm being inconsistent in saying it's okay for Hatebreed to have a very similar sound throughout their career, but then other bands I'll criticize for them. And I think it really just depends on what the expectation is based on the genre. Hardcore isn't exactly supposed to be uh anything more than what it is whereas metal there's again there's that built-in expectation where everything has to be more it has to push forward um but these four albums uh satisfaction Persever perseverance rise of brutality and supremacy are absolutely like for me it's like a box set and the albums aren't even that long so it works <laughs> 2003 the rise of brutality yeah, I was gonna say I think Dan's kind of summed up the first al first four albums, uh, and and tied a bow on top. I mean, what the fuck do you want me to say, man? No, no, like, I, no. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I don't think there's much more to be said. I mean, you, it is uh, a box set. I think is a fantastic way of looking at the first four albums. I think that is actually a a very good way to put it. I will say this about uh, I will say this about the rise of brutality. I do think it's a dumb name. It's a little cheese, but it's it's fucking fine. It's hate breed. Um, but like this album did have a little bit. This is where the song started getting a little bit more catchy, a little bit more hooky. You know, I mean, straight to your face. Oh, my God. Fucking song. The intro to that song. You'll never get that out of your head. Like you absolutely will never get the intro to that song out of your head. Um, you know, I don't know. Like Doomsayer is fucking awesome. I'll be your Doomsayer, motherfucker. Your doom awaits you. Uh, so here you're like, well, what about all that shit you said about like it being a thinking man's band? Uh, it does get a little bit more tough guy here, but it's, I feel like if you, if you, you know, that's, that's one example of a song, but if you really dig into it, the lyrics are just as cutting and just as real as they were on the first record. And it's consistent there. The band still has kind of a message, you know, not maybe not a message isn't the right word to say it. Cause I don't think they're like pushing a message, but Again, it's 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 these all these negative things talked about with positivity kind of thrown in. So the rise of brutality is definitely uh, where they I feel like they started taking their songwriting a little bit more seriously than they had before. But I mean, it's still not different enough for it to not you know, you know blend in with their other material. It definitely blends in. The opening of the record has a lot more layered vocals. It has a little bit different feel in the guitars, but overall. It's hate breed. When you hear it, you know it's hate breed, and it's not really different than the previous record. But if hate breed is what you want to listen to today, this is an album. It's definitely more catchy, I'd say. You think so? Yeah, I really do. I mean, it's still the same fucking vocals. I mean, don't get me wrong on that, but I'm just talking musically. Uh, it's def I think it's more catchy. <laughs> and as Dan said, straight to your fucking face, man. I've yeah. I mean, you can't even talk during it because you just want to bang your head. <laughs> I know. I'm like, like I'm like, I'm like kind of snickering over the top because I'm like, I can't really say anything because I'm listening to a, 
you know, in the background. I'm like, yep, yep, this is good. It's so fucking good. Like, and that that's the whole thing. It's like, it's three records. And here, I think the biggest catch, too, is that these records are not super long. I couldn't listen to, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, if these records were, like, 55, 56 minutes each, that would be a huge fucking slog. Yeah. Uh, but they're not bad. They're, they're, they're usually in the 30 to 40 minute mark at most. And uh, and that, that's what makes it so easy to listen to. They're fucking consistent. And um, I mean, that's all I really have to say about the rise of brutality. And uh, spoilers, when we talk about the next record, we're going to probably say the same thing. <laughs> 2006, Supremacy. Scary name for a record. There were a lot of hardcore bands from the... Sorry about that. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of hardcore bands... Uh, from the uh, from the mid '90s, uh, that if they put a record out called Supremacy, there was a specific type of supremacy they were talking about, uh, and thankfully uh, that is not the case here with Hatebreed, uh, and I wouldn't think so. Uh, this many years into their career, uh, 2006, you know it, that that shit's not happening in mainstream music. No, I mean, and of course, you know, there was the dicks out there that were trying to make it what you're talking about i mean it, so he had to come out and explain i think pretty regularly back then if i remember correctly about how this is about overcoming it's well it's not- about overcoming yourself and your own yeah. shortcomings i mean exactly. he literally says i must attain supremacy of mind supremacy of body supremacy of spirit supremacy of self like it's pretty fucking clear cut yeah but there's always dicks they're gonna not listen to what's going on and still try to push their agenda but like you said if you just read the fucking lyrics it's not that hard to figure out joe put that on the calendar (laughs) i love it i know hey dan reads lyrics the new show presented by discussmetal.com no it was the fact that fucking jeff actually paid attention to lyrics it's about time (laughs) uh this album does have my favorite hate breed song of all time destroy everything as i said before my favorite part is uh the part where he says destroy everything um I'm making fun of it a little bit because it is just such a fucking meathead song, but I love it anyway. Um, it gets me pumped up. Um, Supremacy is a great fucking hate-free record. And I would say maybe it's the last great one um, because I think as far as my palate goes, it's a little hard from here on out to 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 stay on the same train because once you have four records from a band, that's enough. that's almost enough output for you to be like, okay, cool, this is a great band. Now what else do you got? Right. It, and I know exactly what you're saying on that. That's that's kind of how I feel too, and that's why I like early hate breed and later hate breed. Is actually this time around, I did it didn't bother me as much. Uh, I actually liked uh, hate breed, the Div- divinity of purpose, and concrete confessional more this time around than I did the whenever I listened to them when they first came out. Yeah. Uh, which I was pleasantly surprised, and I think part of it is just how I listen to it. Uh, it, I, it. It scratched that itch, you know, whenever I was wanting to go back to listen to, especially Satisfaction is the Death of Desire. That was kind of like my go-to with them. So anytime I was, you know, wake up in the morning or, you know, needing to get pumped up, instead of going back and scratching itch with that, you know, I actually started listening to their their other, you know, their, their last three albums, and it, it worked for me. When is it acceptable for a band to be a one-trick pony and never want to change and always put out the same record, the same intensity? I don't know. Let's ask Slayer. Slayer, Iggy Pop, maybe the Misfits, kinda. So, punk bands, it's acceptable to just do the same thing. And yes, I know Slayer is thrash. We all know thrash started with punk. Hey man, thrash is the original metalcore. <laughs> mixing, mixing punk rock with metal. 
I mean, it really kind of is. Yeah. People can people can fucking make fun of me all they want, but if you if you really look at it, Thrash was the original metalcore. I think Hatebreed has that fan base where it's acceptable for the band to just keep doing the same thing. And in 2009, they put out their definitive release, Hatebreed. Well, let's let's give them a little bit of credit here. This doesn't sound exactly the same uh, as their previous output. Well, it's supposed to be the definitive release, right? Because it's self-titled. Just because something self I don't know, is the Zeo self-titled their definitive release? No. Yeah, but that one's actually called self-titled. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. The point uh, I'm trying to make is usually when a band puts out a self-titled release, it's either the first record or the last record, and it's supposed to be the definitive expression of what the band is all about. With Hatebreed, that's easy. Just listen to the last four records. This um, this record is a little bit different in that the tone is more geared towards metal. It's a little bit less hardcore. I mean, it's still hardcore, but it's like, it's more metalcore than they've ever been. This is metal music with hardcore vocals over it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's much closer to that than it's been before by, I think, quite a bit. And I, I actually... I don't, I, I don't mind it. I was uh, more okay with it. Like I said, with how I listened to it, it, it worked for me. I do prefer his, you know, his vocals over uh, whenever the music itself was a little, was more hardcore and hardcore punk than being metal slash metalcore kind of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. It, it just, it fit better for me. And that's why I like, I'm with in dance corner and I like the first four albums more. And that's the reason why it just fit better, but it's not that it's bad. It's just that. I don't know. I just, I like that other style more. It just, it meshes better for me. Uh, it gets me going. This is, still gets me going, but not as much as the previous. It's just not as energetic. Yeah. There's it, not, it, there's not as much just straight punk going on and, and it, like, that's fine. Like they, they couldn't keep that up forever. It sounds like the band is trying to change and Jamie Josta is just doing the same thing he was doing before. He's the best one trick pony out there. I don't know. I think that's kind of how I look at him. I mean, I mean, obviously he's got hosting capabilities as well, but I'm just talking about musically. I think the guy's a one-trick pony, but I really don't have any complaints on that. It's entirely possible. I mean, it's possible he can do all kinds of different types of vocals that we've never heard before, but maybe this is just his favorite. Yeah, it's very possible, but that as a consumer, and this is what he provides us consistently, is the same style of vocal. And be being heard and understood is important to some people. It's the most important thing you can do when your job is to deliver the message in a word form at a high volume over extremely heavy music that has riffs that change. It's very important to be understood. Yeah, the uh, there's not a whole lot of emotiveness when it comes to Jamie with his vocal stylings. I think that's pretty apparent. He has one emotion. And so, you know, it, it, that's that's always consistent with him. And I think that's why, like Dan said, it's important that you can actually understand what he's saying. A lot of times when I'm listening to other types of music, the vocalist is almost like an instrument to me. Uh, so the spoken word portion of it is not as important as how emotive they are with their voice. With this type of music, you have to be understood uh, for the music itself to work. So I, I don't. That, I guess that's the reason why for me, hate breed and a lot of hardcore is the exception to the rule for me, where I actually do pay attention to what they're saying, is because that's how it was designed to be. Is you are supposed to understand them, 
and focus on that and that's what makes the music work because they are not emotive with their delivery yeah and i also think that like musically i mean at this point if you only are here for the hardcore the vocals are going to be your closest semblance to that because this is still um this is more thrash oriented and it's got a lot more like lead, like lead guitar work like there's some noodle work going on in some of these songs that we really didn't get on their previous releases so it's the band attempting to change but not like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too and um but i mean i think largely it works because i don't hate the record but uh it's just not gonna be the first one i pull out whenever i go for a hate breed record i do like the end of not my master though fucking oh. love it man. oh yeah dude I'm like over here and I'm like, I probably ought to be talking, but I'm just banging my head instead. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even worry about it. 2013, The Divinity of Purpose. So this one is, I'm so sorry, guys. This one's very similar to the last one. Um, I mean, there's a little bit more like hardcore in here than there was last time. But I think overall, I don't feel like the music's hitting as hard anymore. And I don't know if it's because they're getting tired or maybe it's just, it's probably just something dumb, like how it was engineered or whatever. But like, I don't know, this one just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Really, I'm surprised because they definitely, it's more hardcore on this than there was on, uh, on, um, hate breed i mean yeah i mean absolutely they, they they go back for hardcore but i don't know i there's just something about it that isn't quite the same really i actually like this more than i did hate breed yeah i mean it's all right but like is it i, I guess okay this, so this is this is where i'm gonna like say something kind of unpleasable ladies and gentlemen unpleasable metal fan the divinity of purpose is a great record but is it as good of a record as Supremacy or Perseverance or Satisfaction? Absolutely not. It is a consistent delivery of the hate breed sound, but there's just something about it that's not as good as those records. I mean, no, it's not bad. It's not even like, I mean, it is the quality drop off is not in the songwriting and it isn't even in the vocal delivery. It's just something about maybe it's overexposure or what, but like what? Why would I listen to the Divinity of Purpose instead of the first four albums? I'd be kind of curious, like, if you took the average BPM on this album and matched it to the first four, it's just not considerably slower. And I think that's actually the reason why you don't like it as much. Probably. It's probably something really dumb like that. No, I'm serious. I, I think this is just not enough in your fucking face. It's not straight you. to my face. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> But that's, I think that really, I think that's the reason why you don't like this one as much. It's its still hardcore, but it's just, it's not as driven. Yeah, and when I say I don't like it as much, like, I'm not, like, turn this shit off or they fucked up here or anything. Um, again, they're consistent. There's not a hate breed album that I hate. Feels weird saying that. Uh, but, like, it's just that, yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to pick other albums before I pick this. That's all. Well, no, nothing more, nothing less. Out of everything that we've done so far, though, I would pick it fifth, and I would have picked Hatebreed sixth or last. Would okay. you feel the same way? Yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. Okay. That's, that's probably the best way for me to put that, too. It's not that I dislike it. It's just that I like the first four more, just like you do. But I definitely like it more than I liked Hatebreed. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 2016 the concrete confessional this is a grower i listened to this one more than i listened to any of the other records for this episode uh because it's kind of a mixture of their old sound with the sound that they did on on the self-titled 
Um, and again, I guess may and maybe Jeff's right. The BPM is higher, you know. Um, but there is also a little bit more like variation in these songs as well. So like, you know, you have a song like AD, you know, which is like fast, right? But as you go, some of the songs kind of slow down. They're more the pace of like the last two records. But then, you you know, you've got like, you've got more lead guitar work. You've got more solos, more thrash segments. Yeah, I was going to say. It's like an accumulation of pretty much like their whole discography into one record. And I think that's why it was easy to listen to. Yeah, I, f- I felt like this was like, hardcore thrash that'd probably be the best way for me to put it yeah and i i actually liked it and uh i was excited when it came out and uh yeah i mean what else can you say i mean it's like what dan said it's kind of an amalgamation of everything that they've done and that's actually a pretty good thing i would say uh, outside of the first four this is my favorite album and, and i don't even think it's close yeah this one's this one's really good it's definitely a step in the right direction um, and i the sorry dan the uh, I like the fact that it, I feel like there's actually like legitimate growth on this album. Maybe that's just me, like being able to take all of those things and and mix it together and make it work. I mean, anything's possible, I guess. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's it's still Jamie Josta's voice, so there's no growth on that. But I'm just talking musically. I really like how everything came together on this album. I mean, his ton. voice sounds different than it used to. I think that probably has more to do with age or maybe like just better man- voice management. You know, yeah, well, 20 years of yelling your fucking guts he out. Sounds amazingly consistent for 20 years. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is a good record. I, what do you want me to say? It's another hate breed record and uh, it incorporates pretty much everything. They, they, everything from the grab bag up to this point. And, uh, and I'm fine with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Their next record is going to come out eventually and that's going to be fine too. Like, yeah. Thanks and, fucking COVID. Yeah. So, I mean, like this is just, this is get pump music. This is hype music and I, I enjoy it. Um, but I'm also, I can't put on my music critic hat and pick it all apart because objectively it's terrible that there's not like that. It takes 20 years to get a guitar solo. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there, I could have totally approached this episode from that angle, but it would have been disingenuous because I like this band and I like, I like their music and, and, and what they do. So I'm going to just say that it's fine. Yeah, speaking of uh, eventually having a release and thanks to COVID for fucking it up, Weight of the False Self is postponed indefinitely, which is supposed to be, it was already supposed to be released. Um, essentially, Hatebreed is one of those bands that tours their ass off. They have a huge fan interaction, so naturally they sell a ton of physical media. Well, it doesn't make good business sense for them to release this if a lot of their revenue comes from physical media. So from what I understand, everything's pretty much done on the album. All they got to do is just make it where they can actually release it physically to the public because uh, they don't have they have uh, they're one of the kind of an old school band with that whole grassroots hardcore feel. You know, they still legitimately have that going for them. So we have to wait. And as soon as it comes out, I'm very curious to see what we get. I don't think this record is a step in any direction. I think it sounds like Hatebreed doing the same thing that they've always done. It just sounds a little bit different than the Divinity of Purpose. Yeah, it's got more of a metal gallop vibe to it, but really it just sounds like Hatebreed doing the same thing again. And if it came out a different year, it would still be the same thing. It's just the latest thing that's been done by Hatebreed. I don't know why you'd postpone the newest record. I understand about the physical media, but... Guys, it's 2020. Just put the record out. People will buy it. They're still going to come to your shows. They're still going to buy the merch at the shows. Well, there's no shows. Right. I there think will be shows. Eventually, yes. But 
why not just put the record out? See, now you're in a bad situation where you're applying the hype machine to a record that is functionally done and all you have to do is release it. But instead, you're going to sell me on this idea that this is the greatest sequel of all time and there's no way that it's not going to come out in the theater. So now we have to sit on it for a few years, you know, because I haven't seen this jet fight other jets in over 40 years. Yeah, I think you're upset about something else and you're projecting yeah. <laughs> that. And you're projecting that onto hate breed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is kind of a catch-22 for them. They're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Just uh, put the fucking record out, guys. Well, hey, not everybody's done. home, okay? Well, the problem is is that if they put this out, you know, the fear is if they put this out and then they're not allowed to tour for two years or however long this COVID shit stays around. I mean, it's lost its luster. I mean, they're going to have to have new content for that tour because it's going to be forgot. You can't you can't tour two years after release of an album or something like that. That's that's all I'm trying to say. So I understand where they're coming from. They're kind of stuck in a difficult spot, and I think personally they're making the right decision on holding it, holding it on, even if they just wait and release it early next year or something like that, and then tour at the end of next year. Or some I don't know, but if they had released it early earlier this year and then they had to wait a solid 18, 24 months before they could tour with it, yeah, that's that's kind of a problem, especially when you have the band that they make most of their bones on physical media and merch sales. You know, well, that's you know that's pretty typical with most most bands of this nature so i get what they're doing final thoughts on hate breed jeff i'm happy that all these years later uh that i still like them I, as i know that sounds kind of stupid but a lot of times whenever you have bands that are this aggressive uh, they kind of get stale after a while especially whenever their formula doesn't change that much but uh i'm happy to say that i still love them and I think it's because they're best in small doses. And that's how I'm going to continue to do it moving forward. Damn, what about you? Hype! I think Hatebreed is <laughs> the best example of a band that does the hardcore punk thing and does it through the entirety of their career and always delivers the exact same response, the exact same feeling, the exact same energy. When you go see a hate breed show, you're going to get exactly what it is you're expecting. And in the example of hate breed, that is a good thing. It would be a lot worse if hate breed decided tomorrow to release a melodic hard rock record. Or it might sound great, who knows. But I think if you're listening to hate breed, you're expecting it to sound like this. And that is exactly what you're going to get. So if you're a fan of hardcore, if you're a fan of metal, listen to hate breed. You're already listening to Hatebreed and stop denying that Hatebreed is a good band because they're one of the best bands in this style. Damn, what's your album of the week? Oh man, putting me on the spot like that. I mean, we do this every week, so I'm not really on the spot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just having trouble deciding because I've listened to a lot of Gold Cobra this week by Limp Bizkit, but I've also listened to a whole bunch of Death Therapy, Storm Before the Calm, so I guess I'll give the edge out to the Biscuit. Jeff, what about you? I tell you what, I think I'm turning into Dan 2.0, and you're not nearly angry enough. Well, with my music choices, that is. And Dan's becoming somebody else, so I'm going with The Funeral of God by Zayo. Good choice. Fuck yeah, man, The Rising End. I've been playing the shit out of that song nonstop, man. I mean, it's no romance of the Southern spirit, but I'll give it to you. For me, it's Clawfinger, deaf, dumb, blind. 
Have you ever heard Faith No More and then looked at your phone and realized it wasn't Faith No More you were listening to? That's what happened to me this week. All right, I'm going to have to check them out. Warfare. We'll talk after the show. So, Jeff, who am I becoming exactly? Uh, I think you're on the wrong podcast. What are you talking about? Uh, I think you ought to be uh, with, like, Lauren and Matt. And- oh, because I like Limp Biscuit. Oh, I didn't A lot say of that. people like Limp Biscuit. It's fine. Okay. okay. Cool. You're just jealous because the motherfucker made it. <laughs> Yes, I am. Ugh. Take us out, DFT. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us in any way to give us band suggestions or interview suggestions or interview connections, those are always nice, too. Uh, make sure to send us an email at show at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. Reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can join our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you there. If you want to watch me play video games on stream on Twitch specifically, I will be streaming on Twitch on Mondays and Thursdays at 10.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you want to see me die in Quake, come over and do that. If you want to get some sweet, sweet discography discussion merch, head on over to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of sweet merch the merch is changing here soon so uh if you want the classic design now is the time to move on that and on that note this has been episode 187 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts including google play apple podcasts and stitcher Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. Hype! Ladies and gentlemen, unpleasable metal fan. The divinity of... The definity. What? Jesus, come on. The definitely. I'm broken. The definitely. The definity. Fuck me. All right. It's not just me this time. This is going on at the end of the show, right? Like after the credits. We'll figure it out. Yeah.